Chapter Thirty-One. After five months of play, Pinocchio wakes up one fine morning and finds a great surprise awaiting him. Finally, the wagons arrive. It made no noise, for its wheels were bound with straw and rags. It was drawn by twelve pairs of donkey, all of the same size, but all of different colors. Some were gray, others white, and still others a mixture of brown and black. Here and there were a few with large yellow and blue stripes. The strangest thing of all was that those twenty-four donkeys, instead of being iron shod like any other beast of burden, had on their feet laced shoes made of leathers, just like the ones boys wear. And the drivers of the wagon, imagine to yourself a little fat man, much wider than he was long, round, and shiny as a bowl of butters. With a face beaming like an apple, a little mouth that always smiled, and a voice small and whistling like that of a cat, begging for food. No sooner did any boy see him than he fell in love with him, and nothing satisfied him but to be allowed to ride in his wagon to that lovely place called the Land of Toys. In fact, the wagon was so closely packed. With boys of all ages, that it looks like a box of shadings. They were uncomfortable. They were piled one on top of the others. They could hardly breathe. Yet, not one word of complaint was heard. The thought that in a few hours they would reach a country where there were no books, no schools, no teachers, made these boys so happy that they felt neither hungers. No thirst, no sleep, no discomfort. No sooner had the wagon stopped and the little fat man turned to Lambix, with bows and smile, he asked in a whistling tone, "Tell me, my fine boy, do you also want to come to my wonderful country? Indeed, I do. But I warn you, my little dears, there's no more room in the wagon. It's full. Never mind," answered Lambix. If there's no room inside, I can sit on the top of the coach. With one leap, he perched himself there. And what about you, my love? Asked the little man, turning politely to Pinocchio. What are you going to do? Will you come with us, or do you stay here? I stay here, answered Pinocchio. I want to return home, as I prefer to study and to succeed in life. May that bring you luck, Pinocchio! Lambic called out. Listen to me. Come with us, and we will always be happy. No, no. Come with us, and we will always be happy. Cried four other voices from the wagon. Come with us, and we will always be happy. Shout the one hundred and more boys in the wagons, all together. And if I go with you, what will my good fairy says? Asked the marionette, who was beginning to waver and weaken in the high, in his good resolution. Don't worry so much. Only thing that we are going to a land where we shall be allowed to make all the rackets we like from morning till night. Pinocchio did not answer, but sighed deeply once, twice, and the third time. Finally, he said, "Make a room for me. I want to go too." The seats are all filled," answered the little man. "But to show you how much I think of you, take my place as a coachman, and you." I'll walk. No, indeed, I could not permit such thing. I prefer, 
biting on one of these donkeys, cried Pinocchio. No sooner said than done, he approached the first donkey and tried to mount it. But the animal turned suddenly and gave him such a terrible kick in the stomach that Pinocchio was thrown to the ground and fell with his leg in the air. At this unlooked-for entertainment, the whole companies of runaways laughed uproariously. The little fat man did not laugh. He went to the rebellious animal and, still smiling, bent over him lovingly and bit off half of his right ear. In the meantime, Pinocchio lifted himself up from the ground. With one leap, landed on the donkey's back. The leap was so well taken that all the boys shouted. Hooray for Pinocchio! And clapped their hands in hearty applause. Then suddenly, the donkey gave a kick with his tall hind feet, and at this unexpected move, the poor Pinocchio found himself once again sprawling right in the middle of the road. Again, the boy shouted with laughter, but the little man, instead of laughing, he became so loving toward the animal that. With another kiss, he bit off half of his left ear. "You can mount now, my boy," he then said to Pinocchio. "Have no fear that the donkey was worried about something, but I have spoken to him, and now he seems quiet and reasonable." Pinocchio mounted, and the wagon started on its way, while the donkey gallops along the stony road. The marionette fancied he heard a very quiet voice whispering to him. Poor silly, you have done as you wish, but you are going to be a sorry boy before very long. Pinocchio, greatly frightened, looks about him to see whence the words had come, but he saw no one. The donkeys gallop, the wagons roll on smoothly. The boy slept, and the little fat driver sang sleepily between his teeth. After a mile or so. Pinocchio again heard the same faint voice whispering, "Remember, little simpletons, boys who stop studying and turn their backs upon books, schools, and teachers, in order to give all their time to nonsense and pleasure, sooner or later come to grief." Oh, how well I know this! How well I can prove it to you! A day will come, and you will weep bitterly, even as I am weeping now. But it will be too late. After hearing this word, the marionette grew more and more frightened. He jumped to the ground, ran up to the donkey on whose back he had been riding, and taking his nose in his hands, looking at him, think how strange was his surprise when he saw that the donkey was weeping, weeping just like a boy. "Hey, Mister Drivers!" cried the marionette. "Do you know what strange thing is happening here? This donkey weeps." Let him weep when he gets married. He will have time to laugh. Have you perhaps taught him to speak? No, he learned to mumble a few words from a band of trained dogs three years ago. Poor beast! Come, come," said the little man. "Do not lose time over a donkey that can weep. Mount quickly and let us go. The night is cool and the road is long." Pinocchio obeyed without another word. The wagon started again. Toward dawn the next morning, they finally reached that much longed for country, the land of toys. This great land was entirely different from any other place in the world. Its population, large though it was, was composed wholly of boys. The oldest were about fourteen years of age. 
the youngest eight. In the street, there was such a racket, shouting, blowings of trumpets, that it was deafening. Everywhere, groups of boys were gathered together. Some played at marbles, at hopscotch, at balls. Others rode on bicycle or on wooden horses. Some played at blind man buff. Others at tag. Here's a group play circus. There are some others sang and decided. A few turned somersaults. Others walked on their hands with their feet in the air. Generals in full uniform, leading regiments of cardboard strollers, passed by. Laughter, shrieks, hoofs, catcalls, hands clapping, follows this parade. One boy made a noise like a hand, another like a huru, like a rooster, and a third imitated a lion in his den. All together, they created such a pandemonium that it would have been necessary for you to put curtains in your ears. The squares were filled with small wooden theaters, overflowing with boys from morning till night. And on the wall of the houses, written with the charcoal, were words like. Hooray for the lands of toy, down with arithmetics. No more schools. As soon as they had set foot in that land, Pinocchio, Lambix, and all the other boys who had traveled with them started out on a tour of investigation. They wandered everywhere. They looked into every nooks and corners, house and theaters. They become everybody's friend. Who could be happier than them? With entertainments and parties, the hours, the days, weeks pass like lightning. Oh, what a beautiful life this is! Said Pinocchio each time he encountered Lambix. Was I right or wrong? Answered Lambix. And to think you did not want to come to think that even yesterday the idea that came into your mind is to return home to see a good fairy and to start studying again. If today you are free from pencils, book in school, you all fit to me, to my advice, to my care. Do you admit it? Only true friends count after all. It's true, Lambix. It's true. If today I'm really a happy boy, it's all because of you. And to things that the teachers, when speaking of you, used to say, "Do not go with Lambix. He is a bad companion, and some day he will lead you astray." Poor teacher. Answered others, nodding his head. Indeed, I know how much he dislikes me, and how he enjoys speaking ill of me. But I'm of a generous nature; I gladly forgive him. Indeed, I know how much he dislikes me, and how he enjoys speaking ill of me. But I am a kind nature; I gladly forgive him. Great soul," said Pinocchio, fondly embracing his friend. Five months have passed. And the boys continued playing and enjoying themselves from morning till night, without ever seeing a book or a desk or a school. But, my children, there came a morning when Pinocchio wakes up, and found a great surprise awaiting him, a surprise which which made him feel very unhappy, as you shall see.